0: Our first uh, scripture reading is from the book of Ephesians. It's uh, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, a rather short passage, uh, chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Paul writing says this, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, as the cornerstone in him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the lord in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for god and friends this is the word of the lord thanks be to god well uh back when i was in uh eighth grade i went to a middle school i know they call it junior high here they called it middle school when I was uh, going, and it was a two-year middle school, it was seventh and eighth grade. But when I was in eighth grade, you had to take a required class in woodshop. Seventh grade was metal shop, eighth grade was wood shop. And one of the projects that we had to make during that year in woodshop was a birdhouse. And so I uh, cut that wood to its specifications, I hammered the nails, I stained it, I painted the wood. I did everything I could to make the best birdhouse I knew how. I brought it home and not even the birds wanted to go in. (laughs) It was almost as if they stood outside of it, looked at each other and said, yeah, you first. (laughs) Well here I am over 40 years later and I will confess to you, I am still a pretty lousy carpenter. I so wish that I had the carpentry skills that so many of you have and have used generously here at Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church. Some of those skills you have been kind enough to pass on to me on those mission trips that we have gone to, to Texas and North Carolina. Well, Jesus was the carpenter from Nazareth. He was the eldest son in his father's construction business. And as Jesus is finishing up his Sermon on the Mount, which ends Matthew chapter seven, the Sermon on the Mount goes from Matthew chapter five through Matthew chapter seven. Jesus wants to hammer home into the hearts and minds of those listeners to put into practice what he has just been preaching. Now let's be honest, if a carpenter were to tell you how to brace your house for an oncoming hurricane or a tropical storm, you would tend to sit up and pay attention, right? Well, I'd like for us to look at this parable of Jesus as it comes to us from Matthew chapter seven. It's a short parable of Jesus, just verses 24 through 27. It is our signature scripture for our 40 days in the word today. Jesus says this everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And once again, would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, we pray now that in these moments that we have together, you would open our eyes to see your uh, greatness, that you would open our ears to hear your word of challenge, to not build our lives on sand that you would open our hearts, that we might invite you in, and build our lives of faith through your word and on the solid and sure foundation of Jesus Christ our Lord, as we ask it and pray it in his name. Amen. So in this parable, Jesus says that there are two home builders, each built a house to live in, each built a house presumably to raise a family in. Today, our homes are probably our most expensive investment. And so we tend to build and buy and renovate our houses because they become uh, three-dimensional statements of our, of our dreams and our values and our priorities. One summer, and it was when I was back at Princeton Seminary, I actually was a nanny. And my child sat for a family who lived in a new subdivision just outside of Princeton. And the bathroom in that house was bigger than our whole seminary apartment. In fact, the shower stall was as big as our kitchen. Now, in today's homes, it's the private living areas that seem to get the lion's share of our attention and dollars. But back in the olden days, it was the public living areas, the living room, the dining room, that seemed to be the most spacious. My parents built their home in Westwood, New Jersey over 60 years ago. You know, my dad still lives there. And that bathroom is so small that you have to step outside of it just to change your mind. (laughs) I mean, if two people are in there at the same time, you have to take turns breathing. Well, in many homes today, it's just the opposite. It's the private areas, the master bedroom, the walk-in closets, the bathrooms that get all the space and a lot of the bells and whistles. So I ask you a question, if I were to give you a million dollars and say, I want you to go build your dream home, what you built would be a powerful statement about who you are. Some of you might build a humongous family room with a floor to ceiling. Get this Samsung 292-inch flat-screen HD TV called the Wall with with surround sound that would rattle the windows. Or yes, I got an amen. I think on that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe you would build this a uh, plush uh, uh, marble sunken tub with a specially designed jacuzzi jets to hit your back in all the right spots. Or guys, maybe you would want to build your your very own spacious area in the garage with state-of-the-art equipment and a place for every tool. It would be like having your very own Home Depot. But whatever you did, the house would say, hey, this is who I am. Well, Jesus says, this parable has two houses that say who we are. And then he says, each house has to face a storm. If you were listening, did you notice that each of those homes faces an identical storm of wind and rains and floods? Contrary to those well-meaning, obnoxious, happy Christians, Jesus did not say, come follow me, and I will divert the storms of life around and away from your house. Non-Christians get cancer. Christians get cancer. Non-Christians have financial struggles. Christians have financial struggles. Non-Christians have car accidents. Christians have car accidents. Non-Christians have marriages in peril. Christians have marriages in peril. Recently, I was leaving a, uh, a graveside uh, uh, service in our cemetery here. And after it was over and I was leaving, the, uh, the funeral director shook my hand and said, "'Well, I guess I'll be seeing you again soon.'" Storms of life do come. Now, back in Jesus' time, many people uh, built their homes on sand in what was called dry river valleys. It was easier to build there, and it was safe most of the time, 364 days out of the year. But every once in a while, dark clouds would emerge overhead, a torrential downpour would occur, and that dry river valley would become a raging river torrent that would sweep away everything in his path. Now, the other man in the parable built his house on bedrock high and and out of the way where it was hard to build, but it was dry and still standing at the end of the day. So in these two home builders, we kind of have a contrasting character. One is identified as a wise man and the other Jesus calls a moron. Literally, morose in the Greek is the word for fool. Wise man built his house on rock. The foolish man built his house on sand. And I think what Jesus is saying to you and me is that the biggest difference as we are building our houses of faith is our foundation. You know, the, the realtor mantra is location, location, location. For Jesus, it's Foundation, foundation, foundation. I love that old movie, The Money Pit. It's one of Tom Hanks' earliest movies. He and Shelley Long are this couple in love, and they uh, end up getting suckered into buying what is a Murphy's Law of houses because everything that can go wrong does go wrong. The roof leaks. The electrical wiring shorts out and catches on fire. The staircase collapses. There's this brown sludge that oozes out of the faucet. The house is a complete disaster. And yet, even with each disaster, this couple continue to swear their unwavering love towards each other. And they say, oh, the house will be great. The house will be great. The house will be great. Well, a relational storm hits this couple And it hits them so hard that they decide that when the house is finally done, they're going to put it on the market, sell it, split the profits 50-50, and then go their separate ways. And in the closing scene of this movie, which we're going to see in just a moment, after the work on the house is finally done, the master carpenter is doing a final walkthrough inspection. Now, he senses that there's some tension in the room, and so he tells Tom Hanks and Shelley Long something that they need to hear about the house, but more importantly, about life itself. Take a look. Well, folks, I guess this is some longer You know, just between us, there were a couple of times when I didn't think we'd ever be able to put this baby back up, But it, uh, it turned out uh, it's really much better than I imagined. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's very nice. Oh, uh, one more job, though. Here's your key. So, what I've done is I've got a little Well, I just did another pass. <laughs> no trouble selling this place, isn't it? Sure, brother, give you a million more tomorrow. Great. No, this was not an easy one. But the foundation was good, I'll say that. And if that's okay, then everything. uh, that uh, Master Carpenter said. He said, this wasn't an easy one to fix, but the foundation was good. And when that's okay, then everything can be fixed. So, what is our foundation? The Apostle Paul wrote, you heard me say it before, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets of whom Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. And so the one... The only foundation upon which we can build a stable household amidst the storms of life is through the living Word of Jesus Christ. We are uh, coming close to the end of our uh, 40 days in the Word, both here in worship and in our small groups. And all along, our desire has been to give you a, a richer understanding of God's Word, a deeper dive into Word. God's holy word, and for you to think about your commitment to God and to Christ's church. As Rick Warren says in the series, we want you to love the word, learn the word, and live the word. But it is up to you. And so, friends, all I'm saying is we've got the cement here, and God is calling us to be wise people in pouring a foundation. A faith that will last forever. Think about it, why else would we ever wanna build our lives on anything else except the selfless, sacrificial spirit of God who indwells his people and, and it expresses itself in such meaningful and tangible ways like worship and music and mission and fellowship and, and care and education, and all the ministries that we have here at Chestnut level. Now, it's interesting, a couple years ago when I was trying to sell my house in Wake Forest, North Carolina, I need to tell you that not one prospective buyer who came into the house ever said, oh my, you have got a beautiful foundation here. Honey, come quick, take a look at their concrete slab. No one ever said that. They would say, oh, we love your paint, or we love the carpet. But friends, let there be a crack in the foundation, let water seep through, and then it really doesn't matter how lovely the paint colors are, or how beautiful the carpet is, because you're down to the foundation. And it's either all rock, or it's all sand. What is uh, truly scary, terrifying, is to look down and see nothing beneath you. A couple years ago, I went to Florida for a different reason. I was visiting a, a, a friend from childhood. We were in church together, middle school, high school, did sports together. His name was Ron. And we were out driving one night when we saw some fishermen who were on the other side of the road fishing off a bridge. And we were planning to go fishing the next day. And so we wanted to ask them how the fishing was at that very spot. And so we pulled the car over, stopped, got out, and then we had to walk across the highway and get to the other side of the road. Well, in the middle were these uh, two big cement dividers on each side. Well, you know me well enough that I can be, oh, I don't know, slightly competitive. I want to show off just a little bit and so I ran ahead of Ron I thought I would just sort of gymnastic style vault over that concrete divider to the other side of the road what I didn't realize was that on the other side of that cement divider was not a soft fluffy green grassy median but nothing but the dark ocean far below And then you have to just picture in mind, it became like one of those Looney Tune cartoons where I'm literally running in midair <laughs> and had to somehow turn my body around, grab hold of that cement divider, and then I was fortunately able to pull myself up onto that side. But let me tell you from personal experience, it is frightening to look down and see nothing beneath you. Jesus says this. If you build on me, you build on the rock of ages who will never, ever fail you, forsake you, or leave you. Jesus will be your refuge and shelter. He will be your sturdy foundation in times of stormy weather. And this uh, community of faith called Chestnut Level Presbyterian can be the rock-hard, solid place that will see you through all the storms of life. As I close, I'll ask you this question. Did you notice that at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the sound is of a, of a crash of a man's house falling around him. Jesus doesn't end his Sermon on the Mount with warm fuzzies, he ends it with a warning. That's intentional. And here's why he wants us to look down, and he wants us to examine our house of faith. How is your foundation? Is your house up to code? Is your life ready for the storms? I think it's all said so beautifully in that song that we're going to sing in just a few minutes. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. May it be so for each and every one of you as you go through your own storms of life. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, it is uh, so easy to get uh, sidetracked and worry about the walls and the carpet And in doing so, forget all about the foundation. And God, we know that time and time and time again, we have tried to build our lives on foundations apart from you. Maybe it's our career or our popularity or our possessions. We have even put all our weight down on our families. Lord God, every time we've had to pick up the pieces because it's been sinking sand. This morning we come back to the rock, to the one foundation that will hold us up through all of life's storms. And so help all of us to build this church squarely on Jesus Christ every day as we seek concrete obedience to his word. And God, I now in these moments especially pray for anyone who Life is teetering because of the hurricane of a health challenge. I pray for the person who is in some kind of monsoon of job stress. I pray for the people who are in a steady downpour of family difficulties. Oh God, won't you bolt them tightly to the foundation? Won't you draw them close to you? so that they may know that even though the winds blow, the rains come, and the floods rise, that their house will stand forever because of Jesus Christ. As we ask it, as we pray it now in his holy name, amen.